BMG Partners and 1494 2AY presents The Journey Podcast. The stories you're about to hear are true. They shine a light on the events and incidents, known and unknown, that have shaped the lives of the Albury-Wodonga region's most intriguing personalities, local legends and unsung heroes. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome to a new episode of The Journey. My name's Matt Griffith and joining me today, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome into the studio Tani Frutist, executive producer at the Flying Fruit Fly Circus in Albury. Tani, welcome. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. Really excited about this. I mean, it's an absolute gem of a place that we have here in our region, an extraordinary high level as well. But I can't make it all about the fruit fly circus. It's about you and your work within it. So we always kick off by asking about your background and connection to the border. So where did it all begin for you? Well, uh, I moved here 10 years ago. Anzac Day this year will be 10 years in Albury-Wodonga. but if we go all the way back, I grew up um, in a tiny regional town in southwest WA. And then I went to a slightly bigger city for high school. And then I went to a capital city for university in Perth. And then I went to an even bigger city and worked in Sydney. And then I've started my slow retreat. <laughs> and I've moved, I moved from Sydney 10 years ago to Albury. And yeah. I've been here ever since. And is it is it like a... I mean, this might sound a little corny, but is it, is it like a reconnection with some part of your soul because you, you were born and bred in a small country town? Absolutely. I think um, just, you know, it's obviously a beautiful setting, beautiful environment, a slower pace of life. Um, and I think just being able to get out and in five minutes be in a kind of rural environment is just something that is so settling for my soul. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I moved here when I was, oh, I was about thirty when I moved here, and it was two thousand and six. And I, I thought I'd only stay here for a year or two, but it's turned out to to be the place yeah. that I, I really wouldn't want to leave because I don't know if you find this, but it, it does work its way into your heart. This place, absolutely. And I think you know it helps that I met my partner a year after moving here, and since then we've had two kids and. Um, Really, you know, she's from here. She was a fruit fly as a student. So um, we've both got this like deep connection now to the cultural fabric of Albury Wodonga um, and can't really imagine living anywhere else because we yeah. have so many, there's so many good things. You get the benefits of kind of city living, but also the benefits of a regional environment. Um, yeah, so true. Are you thankful to be raising kids here compared to potentially raising them in Sydney? Oh. I actually I have friends with kids a similar age to mine and I actually don't know how they do it. Not only, you know, the cost of living, et cetera, et cetera, just the, the rat race of um, getting around and all the finding a shopping centre, <laughs> like all of those things. I think my kids are probably not gonna know how extraordinarily lucky they are to yeah. live here. Yeah. Um and have a big backyard to run around in and all of those things, yeah. So you moved here specifically for the fruit flies? No, for right? Hot House Theatre, actually. Oh, it was for Hot House. Yeah. So um, I had been a theatre producer for a major theatre company in Sydney and was kind of felt quite keen to kind of that next level up into um, management. Um, and Hot House Theatre were looking for a co-CEO general manager um, and asked me to, to come down. So I did that for... Um, 
three years, just on three years, um, and then decided that I wanted to get back closer to ma- actually making the work. So left Hot House to pursue an independent career as a freelance independent producer. And at the same time, Richard at the Fruit Fly reached out and said, look, we can give you like a day a week helping on some particular things. They'd never had, Richard had done it all before that, being the CEO and the producer and the, you know, and, and, and. Uh, and so I joined and then I've slowly built that role into yeah, a full-time role in the executive. Um, and I do a little bit of independent work when something takes my fancy, but not yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. And here's where it gets dangerous because the whole <laughs> the whole of of our chat could um, could be focused around the fruit, fruit fly specifically. But for for those that don't know, I mean, m- most people do. But for those that, who don't, can you explain the fruit fly circus, what it does, how it does it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's call it the fruities because that will make it easier, oh, <laughs> less nice. of a tongue yes, that's tongue twister. True. It always gets me in the end. <laughs> but the flying fruit fly circus um, is Australia's national youth circus. We're a circus school and a producer of contemporary circus works that tour the world for family audiences. So how that works is kids between the age of 8 and 18 audition um, and if they get in, they get into our select entry academic school in Wodonga um, and also our training program. And so they train up to 20 hours a week as well as attend their schooling uh, with us and you know, across all sorts of different circus skills and disciplines, juggling, handstands, trampoline, um, aerials, all sorts of things. And then when we make shows, um, they come out of school and rehearse full time and then we tour. So we're just about to kick off a tour to 11 regional venues across New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland and the Northern Territory. Um, We've just come back from an Arts Centre Melbourne season. So, um, Really, our job is to train the next generation of circus artists and we've been doing that here for 45 years this year. So there's no other school like us in Australia. Um, So you can get your Cert 3 in circus arts, you graduate high school all while being a fruit fly student and then you can graduate out into the industry and go off and, and perform with you know, the world's best circus companies. Um, or you can go off and be a doctor or a physio or a teacher or a parent. Um, and we have kids that have chosen all sorts of different outcomes, obviously, for their lives, um, probably some of which you've interviewed for this podcast. You never know. <laughs> yeah, yes. There's lots of fruities out in Albury Wodonga. There are. There really are. <laughs> they pop up everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, last question maybe on the on the fruities, for the moment at mm. least. Uh, why is it not in Sydney? Why is it not in Melbourne? Why is it not in the capital city? Why do we have the honour of having it right here in little old Albury Bodonga? Mm. Well, way back. <laughs> um, really, in so in 1979, there was this huge um, influx of money, really, to make this region like decentralise, make this region really attractive to people moving here um, from the cities. And some circus people came and, well, the Murray River Performing Group started and they brought some circus people and they ran a summer school. And at the end of that summer school, they put on a show and they called the show the Flying Fruit Fly Circus because, of course, we were on the border with the customs point, the fruit flies, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, and I think that doesn't necessarily mean that a circus school is going to pop up in any regional location, but there was just something about that time, about those artists that came here, um, 
and the love and desire in the community for something for kids that meant that they kept doing little circus things and then they brought some acrobats from China um, and um, made incredible works. And really that period of time, the kind of late 70s to early 80s, was the birth of contemporary circus in Australia. We did have, of course, the Ashton Brothers circuses and those traditional circuses that toured around with big tops, but we didn't have our own unique flavour um, of Australian contemporary circus. And it was the same year that Cirque du Soleil started, for example. So there was really something happening internationally. Um, and I think when you're investing that in kids, there is something about it being kind of isolated that it breeds innovation when you don't have to be so connected to everything else happening in those capital cities. And really there's no reason that it's here in particular, but I think we're very, very lucky that it is here and what it has done to the kind of cultural fabric yes. of this place. And, of course, that same company, the Murray River Performing Group, was also the birthplace of Hot House Theatre. So Hot House Theatre and Flying Fruit Fly Circus, these two kind of... Um, professional institutions of this of this region started from the same birthplace, that same time period, and have really created this um, world in this regional location where professional artists can come and live here and have a kind of fruitful career. Um, and I think that's just really amazing, certainly why, mm. why I'm here, obviously, having worked at both places. Yeah. Um, but there's just something about, obviously, being close to Canberra and Sydney and Melbourne is quite useful too. We're on that that track um, of people popping in to say hello and and staying for a week maybe. Um, but I think it needed to be here and probably we wouldn't have such a diverse circus community in Australia if it was only in capital cities. Yes. In terms of access. Um, yeah. 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 This is this might be a little bit of a shameless kind of question because <laughs> I'm after a particular answer yeah, here and sure. I hope you give it to me. Um, does uh, would you say that Albury Wodonga has one of, if not the most thriving artistic scene for the size of the regional centre. I mean, do, do, do you see this kind of, obviously not the fruit flies, but, you know, what's Wagga's scene like or Bendigo's? I mean, yeah. how do we compare? Oh, well, I'm, I will say Wagga and Bendigo have in my amazing regional cultural communities too. But I do think that Aubrey Wodonga, um, there's, I think there must be something in the water, actually. Must be the Murray, right? Um, there is absolutely a really thriving. Um, cultural industry across all different art forms. Um, there's something about uh, so many people that have grown up here have gone off and had incredible careers and lots come back, of course, to have their kids or but or to share what they've learnt. Um, I think that we do do something really special here. And yeah. you should, you know, I think what we need to remember is to keep that going we have to go and support those things. We have to go and buy tickets to the shows or go to Mama and see the exhibitions because all of those times that we show up, that all gets reported back and that really proves that we love it and we want it to keep going for the next generation. Yeah, don't take it for granted. Yeah. All, all right, let's let's move <laughs> uh, to your um, to you now specifically and you, and uh, growing up because um, when did the spark of the arts? Fire in, in, inside you. How old? How old were you in this? Uh, what was the the town in in WA? It's called Bailing Up. It was between. It's kind of. It's inland, about three hours south of Perth. Wow. I mean, yeah. that's pretty isolated. When yeah. it comes to Australia, I mean, Australia's generally. I think there were five hundred people. So yeah, <laughs> isolated to begin with. But that yeah. is that's extraordinary. So t talk me through when you really started to focus on the arts. Oh well, my mum was a teacher, 
primary school teacher. My dad was a musician. So I said, I've always said that in terms of being an arts manager, um, I've always had that kind of passion for the arts and passion for lists and getting things done, which comes from my mum. Um, and so really forever, I always thought that I would, well, you know, I used to say I want to be famous, but now I know famous people and I'm not sure that that's life is for me, but I um, definitely always thought that I would be in the arts. I was a big singer, played the violin and cello, um, you know, always volunteered for drama and did lots of things. And so I think that was a real hobby of mine and passion growing up. And then um, I decided to do arts management um, at university at the West Australian Academy of Performing Arts. Um, and that's really where I learnt the tools of my trade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's a challenging career path. I mean, it's it's always generally considered fairly unstable in terms of work opportunities and um, it's not like working 25 years in an office, that kind of thing. So what are some of the particular and unique challenges that you've found in, in your journey? Mm. Well, I've been really lucky. Obviously, there's a lot of investment in arts organisations and institutions from audiences, governments, private donors, things like that. And so I have had basically an office job um, for, for my career at various places. Um, I think so where I get my passion from is that I really want to help artists. I see these incredible artists and it's always about making um, – I want to help them make their vision a reality. So I really see myself as like this underpinning support to make things happen. Um, and that doesn't come without its challenges, of course, finding the money, finding the space, finding the time, um, making there is, I honestly think like arts workers can stretch a dollar much further <laughs> probably than any other sector, you know, like it's just incredible what you can achieve. And sometimes that means that we're asking a bit too much to be sustainable of, of people, of their time. Certainly a challenge of mine has been to find that balance, to have a, a life outside of, of work. And I think that comes when it's kind of this vocational um, pull towards your work, when it was a hobby, you know, it was something that was extra to who I was as a child and then as it becomes your your job um it's your whole almost your whole identity so um that's certainly a challenge um and but of course with the challenges come these like incredible benefits incredible um opportunities um and I wouldn't change anything, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it can become all-consuming, Yeah, um, the arts, like like sport in, in, in mm. a lot of ways as well. So how have you found the balance with kids especially? Because, I mean, you can make it all-consuming when mm. it's just you and even you and a partner, but having kids on top of that can make it difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, I think kids would have done that anyway, but, of course, my experience with a three- and a one-year-old is having kids in a pandemic which kind of stopped things anyway. So um, that has certainly helped me reset some some boundaries or try to find, given me a bit of time to try and find the balance. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm not perfect, but um, I want to be with my family, you know. And so that sometimes comes with a bit of, I also want to go and see shows and, and really that is the thing that is, is limiting here um, in Sydney you can see 20 different shows every single night of the week. Um, and in Albury, I try to get to everything because I can. Um, and um, so then if I want to see, you know, 
I'm going to go to Adelaide Fringe in a few weeks' time and see as many shows as I can in five days. But that is five days away from my family. Um, You can't always drag everyone with you um, to different states and cities. Um, But I think it's a family environment at the Fruit Fly, perfect place to kind of work while you're raising a young family. So the kids are in circus. My wife works there too, um, where it's a family affair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) I'm going to ask you an impossible question, and uh, it just popped into my head, and now I'm really intrigued. Um, Sydney versus Melbourne, which one is better for arts? Bang. Ooh, ooh, ooh. (laughs) Oh, I can't. I haven't worked in Melbourne very much, and I know that there is it's definitely different. Yes. And it's changed since, you know, in the last 10 years as well. But I will always have a place in my heart for Belvoir Street, 25 Belvoir Street, Surrey Hills, New South Wales. <laughs> um, there is something special happening there um, that, you know, and I've just come back from Sydney last week and the work that they've done down at the wharf with all um, of the peers where Sydney Theatre Company and Bangara and to have that kind of cultural infrastructure um, and everyone working so close to each other, I mean, there's something pretty amazing there. Yeah. Um, Sydney for the win. Yeah, I think I think today, today, <laughs> I'm going to say that. <laughs> um, what would you consider to be your biggest achievement? I know this is hard as well because um, I'm not from, we hope that we've got more than just one big achievement, but do you have a, any, any standout? Oh, look, so many. Yeah. Um, I've just worked with some incredible artists over over the years. Certainly, being able to take um, a work to New York, or the same work we took to Taiwan, Toronto, Adelaide, and New York, um, a twenty four hour work called The Second Woman, um, that was amazing. You know, you don't think that your the work that you do is going to get to those kind of world stages. Yeah, and, and then, what was that, if you don't mind me? Yeah, asking. so the work was called The Second Woman, and it was a twenty four hour. Um, installation work, live theatre installation work where different people came into the space and interacted with the actor on stage um, every five minutes for 24 hours. So we were all up for that length of time. Um, And um, that work, I mean, I didn't make that work. Those artists are incredible. Um, But that was a real privilege. And obviously, you know, you have to say New York's the highlight, right? But then I would say more locally, um, the work that we've done at Fruit Fly recently has just been it's a, an amazing team like so privileged to it with such great people um you know we just opened a theater which you can't it's it's crazy to think you can build a theater in eight months but we did it um and the borderville festival i think starting 10 years ago um has really become like a large part of what i do at fruit fly and last year's festival which had um three independent works as well so in not fruit fly circus works, but they all had a connection to fruit fly. So they all had um, fruit fly graduates in them or oh. people that have worked with us a lot. Um, and it really felt like a festival and the community really came out. Beautiful um, aerial work in the amphitheatre behind Hot House at Gateway Village. To see your local community come out and support um, the work that you've kind of brought together and these incredible artists, there was just something that... Um, was just a real highlight of of my career, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Do do enough people experience the arts? I mean, do, is it a battle to to try and get people to? Because I I, I do imagine for for certain people, it can, it can be tough to um to navigate your way through art sometimes. Yeah, I think um well, 
to start with your first question, I think we probably all do experience the arts, right? So we all we might read a book um, or watch TV and there's like a whole industry behind those things that you probably don't think of when you're picking up that book at the library or buying that book um, or watching Home and Away. Um, that That's a whole sector of people and all these people that have studied and worked. Um, and so we are. I think we all do engage in the arts. In terms of the live performing arts, of course, like it's our job to make audiences want to come. Uh, and we all live in this environment now where, you know, the cost of living... Um, is really biting you have to make decisions with your dollars like you know you might buy a ticket to go and see taylor swift but that is all of your kind of cultural dollar for that year maybe you know because that also particularly if you're living here that's also accommodation and food and travel and things like that um and so it's our job as as companies making work and trying to get people to come to our shows to make it like not only attractive whether it's the content or um, whether it's fun or whether it's interesting or educational or, or whatever that is um, but also we have to we are competing I think as um, in terms of like spend your dollar come and see our show which will mean you won't be able to see that show yeah. uh, and yeah. so I think the more that we can make it accessible um, and there are some great companies doing incredible work with um, you know private donors that can make it more accessible so that young people can see work and I think that's the important thing we've always got to get young people in so they can understand what a difference to your life it can make to to see yourself reflected on stage um, and certainly that's what makes the fruit fly so special is that our shows feature young kids on stage at a really high level so when you come out of the theatre um, after seeing a fruity show there's always kids like flipping <laughs> off the stairs and doing you know we try to make it safe but I think that inspiration piece of like seeing your life, seeing what you might have been able to do or might be able to do, um, is is pretty incredible. Yeah. Sorry, long way around there, but I think um, no, you've explained yeah. it beautifully. And, yeah. and, and as you were talking about kids, there you, you're around kids all the time. You see and, and and hear their hopes and dreams. Going back to when you were a kid, have you realised your own? hopes and dreams that you had back then? I think so. Um, I think, you know, there's always more that you can do, but I think I'm working in the arts. I have a family that I love that loves me. Um, I have an incredible job with people that make me laugh. And, I mean, most importantly, I get to see, yeah, these young kids try their best, learn to fail, keep going, and then go off into the world. Like, what a privilege. Um, and um, I don't think you can really ask for much more than that, really. Yeah. Are yeah. they inspiring to oh, work around? so inspiring. I mean, some of them are quite annoying, <laughs> but, like, who isn't? Um, but, yes, they're absolutely inspiring. I think um, it's such a privilege. You know, I was saying to a parent the other day, I, I always treat them as peers because – you know, in a couple of years' time, they're going to be out in the industry and they will be my peers. They're my colleagues as much as we're kind of teaching them and giving them an environment to learn what their trade is going to be. Um, but they, the way that kids can access their own creativity without any filter um, is something really special. Like the things that they come out with is just incredible. So I think circus as well, that kind of creative, crazy environment really brings that to the fore as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um now, of course, life is also full of some tough decisions as well. Um, what, what do you consider, you know, your toughest decision that you've made? 
think um, there are certainly lots of, you know, it could be moving here and, and change, but I think that all worked out for the best. There's nothing I would change. Um, you know, the having children um, process as a queer woman is is difficult, you know, like it is challenging and it brought up some health um, issues throughout that process so it was a bit longer than possible. And so I think probably um, I made the right decision by just going to have kids because that actually um, I'm fine, <laughs> which is great. Uh, but I think that was probably a little bit scary at the time to just know what the right thing to do is and, you know, hindsight is... Um, 2020. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't actually know at that point of time if I was making the right decision. Um, but now I have two beautiful kids and we're all healthy and having a great life. So that was the right decision, yeah. actually. Oh, yeah. that's terrific. You said earlier as well <laughs> that you wouldn't change anything, but ha- have there been uh, a number of those sliding door moments where you think, oh, if I took that little door, I could be... Yeah. I mean, it's funny to think about what you what your life might look like, right? So... You know, when I was um, choosing what to do at university, I had arts management as one of them. I had European studies at UWA as my other choice. And I'm like, what would life have looked like if I had gone down that kind of rant? I don't even know why it was on my list, but I just remember that that's what I'd picked. Um, what would life look like? Would I be in politics? Would I speak another language? Would I be living in Europe? I don't know. Um, so there's certainly those moments and of course, like saying yes or no to different jobs might have changed a different outcome. There's nothing where I specifically know that that was the moment that you know changed my life. Yeah, and no regrets. Um, no regrets. Right. And that's no. as important as anything. I think yeah. living with regret would be really difficult. Now, thinking ahead, um, the next five, ten years. I mean, are you going to stay with the with the fruities? I think so. It's just such a great. Um, place to work um and it's so intertwined with our life of course because it's so much of my partner's history as well um and I love it here I love the region I can't really imagine working anywhere else there's so much in store for Fruitfly uh it's really fun to think about what it might look like in five years ten years or you know the next 45 um 50 years as well of course I'm not going to be there that long um and you know, five to ten years, my kids are going to be 11 and in 10 years, 11 and 13 or something. Yeah. So that is crazy to think about. Um, Will you be disappointed if they don't? I mean, okay, maybe not specifically the fruities, but, it, but what if they don't um, decide to, to become involved in the arts, for example? Would you be a little bit disappointed if they don't? Uh, no, look, uh, not really. Um, my parents always said, you can be anything you want to be, Tani, just don't be an accountant. <laughs> of course, I topped accounting in high school and love, I really enjoy accounting. So I think similar, I mean, my I don't really mind what my kids do as long as they are healthy and happy. Um, I think from they'll obviously learn to enjoy the arts from having parents that are into it. So they just go and see shows and they do circus. But I think circus is also this physical um, activity. And so, you know, I hope that they keep physically active and do sport if it's not circus or, yeah, or yeah. things like that. So, um, I mean, do whatever you like, right? It's not my life. to It's theirs. Yeah. Well, what would you say to parents about the importance of getting their kids involved in the arts on some level? 
I think whether it's a as an active participant or as an audience member, it's so important because I think it just opens up another window um, to the world. So circus is this beautiful, as I said, um, balance of kind of physical and creative. And so I think that's why we get such a diverse range of people and families coming through our doors. Um, but I think whether it's learn having a love of reading or performing or being active in in circus or sport I think it's just about having all those doors open to your child to find out who they are um, and it'll put them in good stead to kind of engage with a diverse world that we live in yeah and it sounds to me like your your parents really did that for you Mm, yeah I was very lucky yeah are they still in the, in the in the town? No, Dad actually moved to Walla Walla um, oh, just wow. before well twenty eighteen. So he's really close, which is lovely. And my mum's in Melbourne. Yeah. So yeah, my sister's in the UK. So we have a bit of a everyone's kind of close except for my sister, who I keep every time she comes back for a holiday. Yeah. I'm like, oh look, here's some jobs that are in the, in the region, and they love it here too. So yeah. And when was the last time you were in? Sorry, well, I've forgotten the town name again. Oh, it's Bailing Up. Bailing Up. Yeah. When was the last time you were in Bailing uh, Up? A long time. I actually couldn't remember exactly. Um, but my family, my extended family are all in Perth. So yes. we go back to Perth yeah. every now and then. I've been back, um, yeah, once or twice since the pandemic. But Yeah, it's too far away. It's it's, it's a bit far. <laughs> <laughs> They've got that chip on their shoulder as well about the East Coast. <laughs> no, Which I, I think is Perth. fair enough. Perth, Perth has got everything it needs to have. It does. It's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful part of the world, absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's let's wrap it up. Yeah. We've tweaked our wrap-up questions. Um, we have uh, a set of just three uh, simple questions to finish this off, but I love this one. This is tweaked. We haven't done this one before, okay. so you get the debut of this. If you had to recommend three things... Um, could be quirky, could be fun, whatever. For for people who are coming to the border for the first time, maybe for, for a visit or whatever, three things that you recommend they experience and try. Okay. Well, look, I can't I can't promise that they're too quirky, but I'm going to assume that everyone's looked up if there's anything on at the Borderville Theatre or Flying Fruit Fly Circus <laughs> are performing anywhere. Um, but also you can pop in. So our building is generally open Monday to Saturday with different training happening. So you can actually come in and see our world-class training facility well, that's pretty cool. and watch training. So yes. people do do that. It's amazing. If we catch someone that seems a bit random in the foyer, we'll always stop and have a chat and tell people what's going on or who yeah. we are and that kind of thing. So I do think a lot of people in Albury Wodonga like they know who the fruities are. Like they know that the circus exists, but they probably they sometimes drive past that building with the yes. big sign on it, you know, opposite Norio, and go, "What is is that really a circus? What what?" So I think like just come in and check it out. And now we've got this beautiful theatre as well. There'll be lots of opportunities to come um, and have a look. So certainly that, of course. Um, the things I love to do, and that they're a bit boring, but also just like lovely, and give people a connection to. To what else we have to offer? You know, I take people to Harris Farm for a pizza, Meraki for a, for a coffee and something to eat. I love the weir. I don't know um, what it is about that, something about the water in this region that is just so powerful. So I know that that's where everyone would take <laughs> visitors, but it is just, um, I think it's a really moving spiritual experience for me. So I like to share that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just walking up some of those mountains and, and around the region and having a look out at Walla Walla, Morgan's Lookout. 
I don't know if everyone Love goes it. there. Oh, it's so but good. Mad is, Dog Morgan. Yeah, it is amazing. It and really like is. even the kids, you know, I've got young kids, but they love it, and yeah. they—I mean—we are kind of quite um, risk um, happy, I guess. Like we're happy for the kids to kind of go off on their own, um, not on their own, but you know, explore. Yeah, and um, they love it there too. So that is an amazing place, just like half an yeah. hour out of town. Agreed. Yeah, not enough people really bring no. bring that up. But yeah. the first time I went there. I, I almost couldn't believe it. It was that this is just extraordinary. And the, the facility, you know, there's just yes. something so it has really been set up for visit, visitors too. Um, and yeah, it it's a magical place. Yep, yeah, agreed. Oh, well, there were three wonderful ones. That was terrific. <laughs> uh, sweet or savory? I think I have to say sweet, but you know, it changes the older you get. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. moving towards yeah. savory. Yeah, and finally. <laughs> Uh, this is a traditional question we always like to finish up on. Uh, do you have any recommendations for us, whether it's something you're reading, watching or listening to? I'm expecting big things out of, oh, no. out of this question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say, so if you were lucky enough to see Prima Facie at Hot House last year, amazing one-woman tour de force um, performance, like incredible work, um, that has just come out as a book. Um, so everyone check out Prima Facie by Susie Miller. It's um pretty amazing and we should be supporting Australian writers and Australian female writers as well. Definitely recommend that. Um, I would uh, also recommend, this is random, um, Three Pines I think it's called on Amazon I think um, is fantastic, set in Montreal, crime thriller, very into crime thrillers, don't know why. Um, really recommend that. Oh, terrific. And um, you've missed it in Australia. But just in case we have any friends that uh, live in the UK, I'm going to say everyone recommend to anyone you ever can to go and see Dorian Gray. Um, it's a live theatre experience that uses um, film techniques live on stage. One woman doing the entire book of Dorian Gray. Wow. Um, it is, I think... Um, genre form changing like actually I think it actually changes what theatre can do and be for us going forward into you know generations so if you have any friends or family in the UK please recommend them go and see that the UK version has Sarah Snook who is the Australian um, award-winning actress that has been oh my gosh I've forgotten what it's called um what is that TV show with the... I'm um, Google it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Googling is You know, the speak. family that are like the Murdochs that run the TV show. It's just finished. Sarah you know, Snook. this is mum oh, brain. Oh, yeah, I know Sarah Snook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sarah Snook, Australian actress, uh, Succession. The Succession. Thank you, Succession. Yes. Yep. Anyway, she's, she's going to be in it and honestly, incredible. If you happen to go to London, go and check it out. Brilliant. Yeah. There is actually one final question because I, I didn't ask you this. What, what are you uh, working on at the Fruities next? Like what, oh. and, and, and what's your ex, ex, Matt, exact what aren't we working on? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm the executive producer, so I'm talking to venues, contracts, budgeting, um, finding designers, just really laying all of that that skeleton of work so that then the artists can actually make the work. Yes. We're just about to hit the road with our show Tempo, so locally that will perform in Wangaratta and Wagga Wagga. We'd go to like Griffith and Bendigo, Alice Springs, all sorts. So that is a really wonderful show. And we just launched um, on Friday. Our next major new work, Big Sky, will premiere at the Cubadonga in August and then we'll head to the Sydney Opera House. So, Amazing. Um, 
that's going to be a beautiful work too. Yeah. Yeah. Tani, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, we're all so proud and we certainly should be about the Flying Fruit Fly Circus. Tani Frutis, executive producer, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a fascinating journey. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you.